weekend. It will be one of a kind success for the whole of Holland. No Dutchman ever won the Giro d'Italia, and it was since 1980 Jan Sutemelk wins in Tour de France that the last Dutchman won a Grand Tour. This is Daan Hakkenberg, sports journalist of the Dutch Daily Algemeen Dagblad, following Tom Dumoulin in Giro d'Italia 2017. There will be celebrations in the canals. Uh, at least his hometown Maastricht will be colored uh, completely pink and there will be he will be crowned by uh, by the king. Hello, thanks for joining Cycling Journals on the Road. Rupert Guinness, we're here in Rovetta. It's uh, the home of Paolo Savadelli. Rupert Guinness, cheers. Thanks for joining me this evening on the podcast. We're 15 stages into the 2017 Giro d'Italia, the 100th Giro d'Italia. And, uh, of course, anyone who hasn't checked out Rupert Guinness yet, please do. He's, he's running through this Giro d'Italia. And for the sake of the special edition, he's interviewing 100 subjects. Rupert, how far along are you? Well, I'm up to, I've just posted my 70th uh, interview. 70th, Rupert. Uh, by that rate, you'll be, you'll be leaving the Giro early. <laughs> no, I wish, I mean, I was about to say I wish I could, but no, I don't, I don't mean that either. But um, <laughs> I, I, It's been a long Giro, this one, hasn't it? It's yeah, it seems like it's been going forever. And when you look at the map, when you think of where we all started from, obviously I've come from Australia and then went to Rome, no, went to Milan and then Milan to Sardinia and then to Sicily and then down in the boot of, from, from the toe to the heel, no, from the toe across the arch to the heel yeah, of Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? It just seems like it's we've gone every kilometer twice. Well, you're saving the best for last because I I don't know if uh, if your followers know yet, but the interview coming up this evening is should 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 get everybody's stomachs turning uh, for the good. <laughs> yeah, certainly we uh, did an interview, and thanks, Gregor, for your translating prowess. I do my best with the chef of where we're staying at, and. Uh, he served up a terrific lunch, and he's cooking right now a terrific dinner, and he's assured us we've got a great breakfast before we go yeah, to stage 16, because yeah. we've got to be ready for the two, we have to do two passages of the Stelvio and the Motorola. Yeah, we're going to need that. Of course, Rupert, don't mislead our listeners. The, the journals go straight from the start to finish on the easiest route possible, uh, shortcuts we do like to take. Yeah, and there is the media buffet awaiting us, we hope, but you never know on the Giro. So this evening, uh, we're going to be joined by David Brelsford, of course, the team principal at Team Sky, and Ike Wiesbeck. And Ike, uh, please forgive me for pronoun- pronouncing your name incorrectly, but I do my best. Ike Wiesbeck is the coach and sports director alongside Luke Roberts at Team Sunweb for Tom Dumoulin, who is leading the Stuart Italia with a strong, hefty 241 margin over Nairo Quintana. Rupert Nairo Quintana, does he look as strong as he as he has in the past in this Giro d'Italia? Well, that's the big question. You know, um, he, he you could say he hasn't, but then again, you're sort of wondering: is he uh, bluffing at all, or is he tra- on a trajectory towards a, a, a mini peak here in in the Giro because he has the Tour de France in mind? Is he hoping to be able to just have two or two massive days in the mountains in, in the week to come? Uh, and that way uh, expend as minimal energy, as minimal amount of energy as possible because he has to sort of rebound for the tour. It's a real fine line call if that is the case because one, if the conditions prevail and if the conditions uh, you know, lead to a stage being shortened or cancelled, mm. he could cost himself an opportunity. Or two, just the fact that he's, um, if that is the case, that he's putting everything into one or two stages, um, he's been caught out for waiting too long before in the Tour de France. And... Um, even though he's finished strongly, in, you know, in the Tour de France, he's sometimes he's finished the strongest rider, 
but one or two stages too short. That's so, right. And yeah, I think uh, 2015 comes to mind when yes. he crashed on stage two to Zealand. I think we were mm. in the Netherlands. And then he, he gave Froome a run for his money on the Alpe d'Huez. Richie Port helped out Froome, pushed him all the way, and, yeah. and they kept the yellow jersey. And, and of course, Froome won his, would have been his second mm. title that year. Rupert, tomorrow, yeah, like you've mentioned, mm. uh, we're going over the Stelvio twice. Uh, the, the second time up doesn't go all the way up to the top. It goes up the Umberrel Pass, and then they descend down to Bormio, the ski resort. And, of course, uh, that was a place where Nairo Quintana made history in 2014, becoming uh, paving his way to become the first Colombian to ever win the Giro d'Italia. He snuck over the top with uh, writer Hazel Dahl and some other writers and, and then uh, put the hammer down on uh, Val Martello to win when this, I think he won the stage there uh, and, and took the pink jersey, and, and that was the decisive thing. And then, mm. then he won the mountain time trial a little bit later on, put the hammer down there. Uh, this Nairo Quintana, of course, this, over the winter, he, he said he was aiming for the, the, the Giro Tour double, something that has not been done since Marco Pantani in 1998, and something that has not been seriously attempted since Alberto Contador was in 2015. And... So it's it's a serious uh, asking for any rider, and and one that's going to take a lot of energy away from Nairo Quintana. Do you think? Look, I, I think it will take a lot of energy because he's in the position he's in at the moment. He has to expend a lot of energy. He can't take for granted just his climbing skills and his attacking skills, and the fact that he's used to being at high altitude, at living at two thousand eight hundred meters, that everything will just fall into place that easily. And, under, and he would be silly to underestimate. Um, Tom Dumoulin, that's mm. for sure. And, um, you know, even though, you know, I, I think Quintana's got more acceleration for the high mountains for for, for a whole volley of attacks um, that he will, I'd say, no doubt, try and launch on uh, on uh, Dumoulin. But don't underestimate the resolve of Dumoulin. He knows he's on the cusp of a huge victory. He's repeated several times. He's learnt from the days yeah, he's yeah, lost yeah. leaders' jerseys. Um, and this is a historic moment that he may never get again. Well, certainly if, if, if Nairo Quintana suffers in this Giro d'Italia, it would be to Team Sky's advantage because uh, they could find a tired Nairo Quintana on the start line in Dusseldorf, and that would suit Chris Froome well as he goes for the 2004, uh, excuse me, as he goes for his fourth Tour de France title. Let's hear from David Brelsford. It's not easy, is it? If he wants to win this race, he's got to put it all on the line. And there's no 80% in weight, it's all in. Spending a little bit of energy here, it's not bad for Team Sky because <laughs> yeah. that weakens your, probably your top rival for the Tour de France. Well, I think, you know, there's two ways of looking at this, isn't there? On the one hand, you know, you want to be able to race against everybody and, and, and beat everybody at the best. And on the other hand, you know, if you do decide to go for the double, then, uh, you know, you know what you're doing and, and it's a conscious decision and um, they'll, be, they'll be fatigued. You're listening to Cycling Journals on the Road. Rupert, Tom Dumoulin, as you mentioned before, uh, he looks to be on the cusp of winning his first Grand Tour. Uh, we first took note of him Grand Tour-wise in the 2015 Volta España. Of course, midway into that race, he realized that he was climbing better than he thought he was going to be climbing. The team didn't bring it, uh, men to support him for the overall, but they went for the overall. He had the red jersey all the way until the uh, that final mountain day, the penultimate stage, and uh, Fabio Rue and his gang of Astana riders 
just <laughs> whacked Tom Dumoulin, and I think he slid to fourth or fifth overall. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't laughing because of uh, because of Tom Dumoulin's demise. You can just, just imagine the gang of Astana the kind of clubs in their hands. Yeah, 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 going down a back street alley somewhere in the dark, and you see these shadows. You don't see the uh, no. It was raced in daylight. It was, the Vuelta was raced in daylight. <laughs> uh, look, I think um, you know, even when you look back to that Vuelta, uh, as you said, you know. Dumoulin didn't go in there with the, with the, with the uh, plan of going for GC. So, I mean, it's easy to say that he lost, or he did lose the lead there, but it wasn't uh, the consequence of a campaign that was botched because it was pretty much just uh, I wouldn't, sort of like almost a haphazard sort of falling into a position where he could go for it halfway into the race. And just this, you know, they gave it a crack, see what they could do. Big difference when you're, you know, you're, you're strategizing and planning a, a season of preparation, and not just with one rider, the leader. It's also the whole team that's sure, preparing for they, it. They've been preparing for this all yeah. winter. Uh, Tom Dumoulin, of course, backed off in that winter, and then they decided in 2016 to go for stage wins in Grand Tours and for the Rio Olymp- Olympics, time, the Rio Olympic time mm-hmm. trial. Uh, and that went successfully. He won the opening uh, time trial in the Giro d'Italia. Yeah. Had the pink jersey when it started in Appledorm, mm-hmm. and uh, then in the in the Tour de France, he won the the time trial stage. Uh, but before that, I think he won the the summit finish up up to Andorra, where we got soaked on the finish line uh, yeah. from an escape. He he won he won the summit finish there in Andorra. So he right. he's the complete package. One that's improved a lot mm. with his climbing. And uh, and so this year he's taken his first serious stab at a Grand Tour overall from start to finish. And that's the difference. And of course he, he has some he has some pretty good uh, domestiques that teams brought with him. Uh, not not uh, forgetting about Wilco Kilderman who crashed and broke his finger uh, in the crash that took out Garrett Thomas and, and uh, Mikel Landa, he's got he's got a few good domestics on the team. Yeah, he certainly does. I mean, obviously Kelderman would have been a massive plus, but I mean, guys like George Pradler, Simon Genski, and uh, Lawrence Tendam, the American Chad Hager, Chad Hager as well. You know, I mean, they're they they're very good riders and good uh, good talent. There's a mixture of experience and also youth and energy and excitement. You know, in those names we've just mentioned, and um, you can imagine the buzz between, between all of those guys there and they're going to throw everything they've got out this week to try and help Dumoulin and uh, it's easy to say that maybe if you look at the team, two teams between Sunweb and um, Movistar Movistar probably has more experience and more mm-hmm. uh, more experience in, in this situation than Sunweb but don't underestimate, I say, use the word underestimate again don't underestimate uh, the, the unknown about Sunweb that's what no one knows yet. Well, otherwise it wouldn't be unknown. Do we know? I don't think we know what it is yet either. <laughs> We're, uh, but but Coach Ike Wiesbeck uh, knows a little bit about the team. Let's let's hear from him. Does he lack anything in his maturity? Anything anything experience that he needs to have yet that that he lacks? No, I'm like three or four Grand Tours fighting yeah. fighting for the GC yeah. in the third week. Yeah. <laughs> but we see. I mean, I think we do the important stuff good here. Tactically, we, we ride good at the moment. We are balanced. We have the overview. We uh, we use our guys in the right way in the team, uh, and we still have a good good atmosphere in the team. We laugh a lot. It's relaxed for the, for the staff the same. Would it be fair to say that maybe you lack the team to support them? Uh, obviously, you're down one man with Wilco Kilderman, but. It seems like Movistar is a little bit stronger than Sunweb for the mountains. Yeah, no, I, I mean, let's let's first see that because uh, I mean we really have some good guys. 
and uh, it are different stages. So uh, we see. I mean, it's it's in the third week also who has a good day. I mean, uh, Movistar is for sure a quality team, but it's not to say that out of those six supporter guys, they all have the, the right level on the right day. And it's the same for us. I mean, uh, it could be in the end of the day we have three guys that are on a really good level, but we end up with more more guys to support than uh, than he has on a bad day uh, at Movistar. So uh, we have a solid team and I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not worried about that. I mean, uh, we have uh, Simon Gasco who wins a mountain stage in the Tour and yeah. does top 10s in Ardennes races. We have uh, Laurence de Dam who done top 10 in, uh, in the Grand Tours. So, I mean, they are for sure very experienced team. That's for sure. Tom Dumoulin, of course, all he needs to do is, is keep Nairo in check and maybe slip back 30 seconds each day What's important, I think, for Tom Dumoulin is, is if he feels that he could be close to going into the red, back off the mm -hmm. throttle and let let Nairo go and control him like he did on the stage to Blockhouse, like he did on the stage to Europa. And, and then he came back, of course, on the stage to Europa and, and then gave uh, a, a Nairo Quintana good kicking and, and added some seconds into him. Exactly. I think that's, you know, he's got to be very smart, Tom, in, in we talk about energy expenditure. He's got to be really smart about it. And... As you said, he's got to ride within himself and don't go into the red uh, or don't go into the rosé. We're Someone into the rosé already. <laughs> don't go into the <laughs> Somehow yeah. in Italy we found a bottle of rosé. Tom better not go into the rosé. Not yet. He can do that next week. But I think um, and another thing, a little element that could play in his favour is, is, you know, say with... Um, with uh, Pinot and Nibali behind. What I was about to say, Quintana moves. I mean, yeah. Pinot and Nibali have a lot to race for. Yeah, and, and, they're, that, and, and Pinot sitting third, Nibali yeah. sitting fourth, so, pretty close to Nairo right there at 2.41 and then to three minutes and three and exactly. a half. Exactly. So it's not just Dumoulin's responsibility to, to cover. I mean, he does have a responsibility to cover, but he's got to, um, you know, the other two, if they're going to, if they want to win the Giro, you know, I hope they don't start racing defensively for whatever positions they've got now because they're in an opportunity to, to win the Giro if they really want to or if they believe they can. Yeah, yeah. You know. uh, I, uh, Tom Dumoulin, of course, is, is, is a cool customer, uh, tall. He's from Maastricht. Uh, of course, a lot in the media has been made about how he was first going to be a doctor. He started cycling late. Uh, what first caught his eye about cycling was seeing the Emsdale Gold start and finish in Maastricht. Of course, now it finishes up on, on the Coburg climb. It still starts in Maastricht. And, uh, and interesting, interestingly enough, he lives on the Coburg now with his girlfriend. And yes, I said girlfriend, the Italian Le Ragazze. Um, they may be disappointed to hear that he has a girlfriend. I, I know that in the finish in Bergamo the other day, they were all trying to get their selfies with Tom Dumoulin tall, lovely-looking gentleman. And uh, when I said, hey, why do you want to get your selfie with Tom Dumoulin? My own figo. He, which he's, he's like a, he's a he's a cool uh, beautiful man, which is the long translation of Figo. Uh, we'd long. be that is a long translation, <laughs> but I understand. <laughs> I'm sure you know it better than I do. He's sexy, is basically what he's he's sexy. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll 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 leave others to judge that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, he he's also interesting. He's a, he's a talker. He's one of these guys that always gives time, either start. In, uh, or at the start of the finish, I know I was there in 2015 when he when he fell uh, to Aru and his Astana gang with, with their knives and clubs. He went to the finish line, uh, went to the team car, gathered himself, and still spoke to the press. So I mean, that's that's the type of guy we're we're looking at. 
Rupert, uh, we we should get running uh, because someone has an early morning run in the morning, and we need to get we need to get down to dinner, and, and you need to get to bed. What, what's on what's on tap tomorrow besides this long stage, Rupert? Yeah, well, I've I've, I've sort of like, we're in the mountains, you know, and and I don't know whether we're going to be uh, we're going to be in the mountains later this week, but we're we're staying we're on a mountainside, and I just see the forest around. We're around I think one thousand meters now. Yeah, yeah, and I went for a nice little recce run today, just to go up to the summit of uh, the pass we we're at it. Just under 1,300 metres. I think we're at Premilana. We're near yeah. Premilana in one of the valleys above Bergamo. Yeah. And um, so tomorrow I'm going to try and set off early with, um, before dawn, with, with my headlamp and try and sort of discover a bit more. And we, we did do some reconnaissance by asking the locals, the... Uh, the uh, the owner of the establishment where we're staying. She confirmed there are no wild beasts. There's that no could, wild beasts. There's no this wolves. Australian beast if he's out there on the path. Yeah, there's no wolves, but she did say there are goats and there are deer. Oh dear. I mean, if you up, if you upset a goat and a deer, they can still do damage. So I may be coming back by dawn with a story to tell. Well, Rupert, I I, I look forward to hearing your stories, but. I look forward to the stage tomorrow. Bormio is going to tell us a lot about what's going to happen this year to Talia. If Tom Dumoulin can hold on to that Maglia Rosa all the way to Milan, we'll know a lot when the stage finishes tomorrow in Bormio. Thanks, Rupert. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to Cycling Journals on the Road.